listening to Have Kids They Said, It'll Be Fun They Said, and mostly it is. I'm Danielle Revenbark, and I am flying solo again today. Oftentimes, you will also hear my awesome partner in crime, Jerry, and he is out working today as I am home wrapping up my maternity leave. And together, we have so much fun parenting Gardner, who is four, Katie Jane, who is three, Steele, who is 18 months, and Little Jerry, or Jerry Three, or J Three. He has lots of many nicknames, who is a newborn, born uh, in early June. So currently he is about five weeks, and by the time this is released, uh, we'll probably be a couple months old. So this week, I want to tackle the topic of mood disorders as it relates to pregnancy and postpartum life and just parenting in general. As I mentioned, I'm currently out on maternity leave with J3, my fourth kid. Uh, But before now, uh, before this past pregnancy, I have flown through pregnancy and basically really been the pregnant woman you hate, which I wrote up a little post about, uh, which you can read that it had been easy to conceive, easy to be pregnant, birthing was easy, labor and delivery was easy, all that good stuff. I mean, with Gardner, I did a four mile run slash walk about three days before I had him. I didn't really exercise much with Katie Jane. I was way too tired. Gardner Gardner wore me slap out. Uh, But All in all, it was still really easy to be pregnant, and I felt positive about the experience. With Katie Jane, I had some external stresses uh, at home, which caused me to be mildly depressed, but I got help that I needed in therapy uh, and with the people around me and kind of dealing with the people around me that were causing me stress. And then when I got pregnant with Steele, I was in a uh, study up at um, East Carolina University, and I was working out three times a week and as part of that study, which actually was really great, really helped my mood, uh, and everything really went well with birth of all three of those children, as you heard in a previous episode. But when it came to this last pregnancy, I really struggled, and I struggled hard. Uh, I had been feeling really blue and overwhelmed, and it just didn't feel like me. But, you know, given that I'm a really positive person, I really didn't let that show except for at home where my poor husband, Jerry, took the brunt of my sadness and frustration. And it was really just a constant battle of me complaining that I was tired or feeling unsupported uh, and really just him explaining that my expectations were were really high. Um, and then sometimes it was a conversation and sometimes it was an all out fight. I'm not going to lie. And I realized part of that was me, but it really took me a while. Initially, I thought, well, I'm going to bed at 830 every night because I'm pregnant and this is part of my self-care. And what I didn't realize was that that was actually a symptom of a perinatal depression. And I thought I could manage my emotions and that my resentment at home for who was doing what uh, was just a normal parenthood give and take as Jerry and I kind of figured out a system of household chores and childcare that worked for us. And boy, was I wrong. (laughs) I mean, everything 
finally came to a head about two to three months of me basically ignoring it. And the big red flag was when I started to feel like I couldn't breathe. It began when I was doing bedtime with our kids and we were reading books before bed. And I just felt like I could not catch my breath. And it happened again in the middle of the night. Like I awoke feeling like I just cannot breathe. What is wrong? And I ignored it until the next day when I got to work and I had this same feeling and my stomach was in knots. I couldn't catch my breath. So I called my OB and I hit it in. And by the time I got there, they had basically, you know, analyzed my symptoms and said, so we're feeling um, a little panicky, like you had a panic attack. And it was such a strange feeling. Like, is that what that was? Um, And so we talked about it. I just had no idea the stress I had been putting on myself. And so I took that opportunity to, you know, get some medication to help manage all of that, uh, all of the emotions I was having, including both the panic attack and depression. And so I basically, I finally caved. I had been thinking about it for a couple of months about how depressed I was feeling. But at the same time, you know, I thought I was weak, but it wound up being the best thing I could have done for myself. And after being on my antidepressant for about a week, I just felt like there was this fog that had lifted. I felt like I could manage my life again. I mean, I was doing a lot, right? I'm, I'm, but I'm always doing a lot, you know, even though I had three kids under five and was pregnant with another, I just thought, well, I'm just tired because I'm the parent of three kids under five and pregnant with another. Um, But it was no different from any other time I felt like. Uh, But that all caused me to really fail to see the signs that I felt like I was drowning. And so the other really good thing that made me you know, feel really positive about medication and diagnosis was that my doctor really validated my feelings. I wasn't just being, you know, hateful at home just because um, there was actually a diagnosis. And so it was a wake up call for me, for my husband, for the rest of my support team. Um, I didn't like it, um, but I sort of now had everyone's attention. I felt really heard uh, from for, by everybody around me, including my support system at home and at work too. And everybody kind of realized that I was drowning and really stepped in to assist. And that was really helpful. In addition to the medication, I started becoming a more even keeled person again, the person that I want to be the person that feels normal to me, um, mood disorders can be debilitating. And so I ran into someone recently that spoke about racing thoughts and anxiety and and kind of the worst case scenarios that were, were keeping them up at night. Um, and so even though she did not have a newborn anymore. Um, these things were still happening um, for with even with her two kids um, and her at night. And it's so fascinating to me that 
I, I just read this today that, you know, with newborns, there's a, you know, two days after you leave the hospital checkup, there's a two week checkup, there's a two month checkup. And in all that time, as moms, you're kind of on your own for six or eight weeks until you go back for your postpartum checkup. And of course, you know, the doctor is always saying, if you need anything, call our office. But for the most part, we are off into the world thinking that we're on our own, um, feeling like our natural instincts should kick in. And I just feel like that is not the case. Uh, I experienced some baby blues and probably depression, honestly, when I had Gardner. And some of it was because I had no idea what I was doing. I was so sleep deprived. He was waking every 45 minutes and sleep deprivation can really trigger depression for sure, at least for me. I don't know what it is that makes us as moms think that we have to hold it all together. I am one of those people that feel like I have to hold it all together. Uh, And I found that on the other hand, being really vulnerable and accepting help is actually now part of my self-care. So the pressure that I feel as a mom to provide the right amount of attention to my kids, feed them the right foods, play with them enough, read to them, provide for them financially since I'm a working mom. It's all just so intense. And, you know, forget my husband and friends, right? Like if I just need to make sure these humans that I have birthed are okay. Um, And it's a pressure I put on myself, honestly. And in reality, I need to give myself a break. So today, I'm giving you permission as a mom or as a parent, whether you work or stay at home, to just give yourself a break. Allow yourself the opportunity to get some time away, to meditate, read, write, Do something for yourself. And I know this does not sound reasonable. I get it. Even though grabbing a coffee with a friend can really make the biggest difference in your mood, even if you have a a child in tow. I mean, having young kids and tending to all their needs can make you feel really isolated. And even though I sort of consider myself a fairly introverted person, I honestly thought, oh, well, isolation is fine. Uh, I'm good. I mean, I think I have out loud said, well, Amazon delivers just about anything. So I pretty much don't need to leave the house ever again. (laughs) But honestly, it's probably the opposite of what I needed. And so I want others to know that they are not alone. It's okay to call a friend, send a text to check in or ask for help. And you don't have to do it alone. And you don't have to feel like the entire world rests on your shoulders. And if you feel like you can't do it, there is medication to assist or therapy. And I think so many moms can be in denial about their feelings sometimes, but mood disorders are real, whether that's depression, anxiety, OCD, or all of it. Sleeping a lot or not at all, racing thoughts, sadness, feeling overwhelmed, a change in your appetite, or really just being extra irritated are all symptoms of a mood disorder uh, and can be, especially if you're feeling hopeless, like I I can't do this. I mean, I was waking up each morning thinking, I just can't do this another day. I don't have this. Uh, I, I don't know what else to do. But 
there is help. I'm certainly, you know, caveat here, I am not an expert about mood disorders. I only have my own story and, of course, my infinite Googling, which could be good or bad, um, but to, to provide as an answer. But I'm not ashamed to tell you that I've been in therapy on and off over the years and on medication more than once and that there is no shame in that. And, in fact, this time I feel like the antidepressants and depression may be a lifelong thing for me. And I am kind of uh, battling, you know, the, the, the crutch, I call it, uh, even though it's not a crutch, the feeling like I have a crutch that I'm leaning on and antidepressants and that how I can't live on this crutch forever with the other side of maybe I do have to use this, not crutch, but tool, kind of a reframing of how I feel about taking antidepressants. So while I can sit here and tell you I'm not ashamed, I also am still battling, but can I really do this for life or am I going to need this for life? And, and down that rabbit hole that really only time can tell on that. But at the end of the day, I just have to remind myself there's no shame. I am using this as a tool. It is for my own mental well-being. And that's really important, not just for me, but for the people around me, my kids, my support system, my husband, everybody. And this time, I will say being home with my fourth child and being on antidepressants, I've actually really enjoyed postpartum life. I'm taking my antidepressant regularly. I feel like a whole person. I really haven't had any more panic attacks since giving birth, uh, but I'm also not working right now. So maybe once I add that uh, component back to my life, I, you know, that may return. Um, but at the same time, I have to remind myself that I, I should not be afraid to take medication as needed, ask for help when I need it, and not feel like I have to be superwoman, um, which I've certainly been described as such on more than one occasion. And, and I'm glad that I can, you know, be a person that people look up to and yet at the same time have that internalized pressure of what expectations that people have that I, I have to be superwoman. I'm used to making it look like like I'm superwoman, but I'm also really honest and saying I have a village that I'm not afraid to call on when I need help. And I could not be a working mom with four kids if I did not have the support system that I have at home with my husband, my in-laws, just everybody around me that helps us out when we need it. So if you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. I can be a really good listener as well. Uh, you can email us at havekidstheysaidpodcast at gmail.com. I'm here to be supportive, lend an ear, and of course, point you to a professional if needed. Uh, because as I mentioned, as a disclaimer, I am not a counselor or a mental health professional, just trying to be really good at being a good friend. So with that, that concludes this episode of Have Kids, They Said. Thanks for listening. And if you have any questions about this topic or any parenting topic, I am happy to hear it. You can send us a voice memo or email us at podcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review. It really helps people find out about the show. You can do that in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And don't forget to tell your friends and family. And until next time, I'm Danielle Rivenbark. I hope your parenting life continues to be fun, rewarding, and not too chaotic. 
See you next time on the other side of chaos. Chaos.